And we're live for another episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined here tonight by our guest, Dr. Walter Marcantoni. Walter, how are you doing tonight? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm not doing, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Anything new and exciting? <laughs> Aside from the fact that we're locked into our homes, not really. How are you and your family keeping busy during this time? Um, well, basically I'm, uh, I'm working for home these days. So, um, I'm, uh, I guess we're doing what we in French call the télétravail. So I'm spending a lot of time working from home. Uh, and, uh, as is basically my, my, my wife. And, uh, but, uh, you know, when I got free time uh, during the day, uh, whatnot, I, I've got a gym down in my basement. So, and I, I spend some time, I spend actually a lot, as much time as I can down there. <laughs> Absolutely. That's one of your passions in life for sure that we're going to, we're going to chat about later, but why don't you just take a minute to um, introduce yourself, go over your academic and professional background a little bit. All right. Well, uh, my name is Walter Marcantoni. I have a a PhD in, uh, in psychology. I specialize in neuropsychology. Uh, Actually uh, some of my early research, uh, especially during uh, my PhD focused on um, looking (coughs) of, uh, basically studying uh, how the brain responds when uh, you're trying to do several things at once, basically multitasking. Uh, after that, I got a postdoctorate in uh, basically in what we call basically neuro, uh, in neuropsychoendocrinology. Uh, long story short, I basically looked at the impact of stress and how stress affects uh, memory. Uh, my focus was mostly on, uh, on older adults. Um, and after that, I spent uh, a, a quite a bit of time in the in the field of, of academics, mostly uh, teaching. And again, uh, mm-hmm. my interests tend to center around uh, basically the brain uh, and uh, and and sports. Absolutely. So for everybody listening at home, I actually had the pleasure of of meet her, meeting Walter in one of his lectures at Bishops. He was teaching a sports science class, and I was one of his students. Hopefully. Hopefully one of the better ones. And uh, yes, yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> one of the things that really actually sparked my interest and uh, subsequently our relationship was the class you did with us about uh, the athlete gene or the potential, um, you know, potential variations in genes that could be leading to the, the guys who who have the mindset like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, those those psychopathic winners. Um, but I guess what I wanted to ask you is. Um, we don't need to take it that far, but what do you think logically to be great at something? Well, I, I, at some point there is, you know, there is a genetic component. I mean, you know, for example, um, you know, there, there, you know, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, I, I guess a simple example would be in, in, in basketball. Of course, it, it helps tremendously if you have the, 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 the size uh, the, the height and size, I mean, you know, that, that does contribute uh, tremendously, for example, to, you know, to your success, would, you know, you know for in something like, for example, in, in, in basketball, uh, you know, sport that, that, that I'm much closer to would be, you know, in, in bodybuilding. And, you know, in bodybuilding, uh, genetics does play a huge role in, in, in muscle development. And, yes, there's a huge component of, of, you know, the work that goes into it, the diet and whatnot. But, but there is that, that, that genetic component in the sense that, you know, for example, my favorite example is, is Tiger Woods. Now, Tiger Woods, 
um, you know, basically, you know, in some way was probably, uh, you know, predisposed or, you know, the, the, you know, he was born with, you know, the, the, the physical gifts predisposed in the sense to become a great golfer. Of course, that's only half the story. Um, but then after that, there's, there's, you know, the, the, the actual environment that, you know, and, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Zach, is, is the mindset, you know, is that, 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 that single mindedness, that mindedness, that, that, that focus to, 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 to basically, um, set goals and then attain those goals. For sure. Absolutely. And do you have any tips or suggestions for younger athletes who, um, want to practice those goal setting strategies? Well, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, the, the, the whole idea is, you know, for example, you know, a simple technique, you know, what to call is something like it's, it's goal setting. And, right. and in goal setting, really, you know, you got really, there's three very simple components uh, to goal setting. And the first is basically, you, you know, you come up with what we call uh, performance goals. You know, so you sit there and say, well, okay, uh, you, know, in, you know, my next competition or maybe my next lift, what is it, you know, what is it I, I, I want to achieve? You know, what is it I want to, you know, do I want to, do I want to lift a certain amount of weights? Um, do I want to run a certain, a certain time? So basically you, you sit there and say, okay, th- th- this is, this is what I'm striving for. And then after that, you have what we call the process goals is basically, you know, okay, what do I need to do to get there? You know, what, what, what is, uh, you know, what should I be practicing in order to, to achieve these, you know, these, these, these performance goals. And, mm-hmm. and that's where the mindset comes that's in, right? Where the mindset comes in. I mean, the whole idea is, you know, you're, 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 for example, and again, you know, I, I, let's take another simple, let's go back to, again, an example that, you know, that I, that I, you know, familiar with, is another one is, is golf. You know, if you're sitting there saying, okay, uh, you know, my next tournament, uh, you know, the last tournament I shot maybe a 75 or this tournament, I want to shoot a 73. Okay, great. So now this is, these, these are, these are, this is what you're, you're, you're this is the performance you're striving for. And, and then after that, it's okay. Well, how do I get there? You know, what, what you know, what, you know, what, what's the process I need to work on to basically, uh, you know, achieve this goal? All right. What is it to achieve the goal? Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's the outcome goal. You know, that, you know, you, you take it once you, you, you know, you, you've gone through all the, the you, you know, you, you've established what you want to do once you've gone through the, the actual uh, uh, training, then, then, you know, what was the actual outcome, you know, of, of all of this, of this work? For sure. And I just want to backtrack really quickly before we yeah. move on. We were talking about the genetic, um, the, the, just the genetic part yeah. of being an elite athlete. I was reading an article, um, it would have been last in my last year's seminar class with, uh, Dr. Berryman. And, uh, it was about the angiotensin converting enzyme. Have you, are you familiar with that? Not about? much, but go ahead. Yeah. Me neither, but just the one paper. So the ACE1 gene, they're, they're finding that it's, a, it's an allele of just the ACE, okay. the angiotensin-converting enzyme itself. And that's letting some, some athletes actually control their uh, vasoconstriction and their vasodilation, which was previously thought to be um, part of the autonomic nervous system. So that's something that they're diving into now that I think is super fascinating. But- um, and then also I just wanted to say, um, no, I, com- I completely agree. Obviously, there's a genetic co- component, but then more so with respect to Canadian athletics, I, I kind of am of the belief that any young athlete, I'm working with a lot of 11, 12, 13, 14-year-olds, Walter, yeah. and I'm of the belief that all of these athletes starting now, they have it within their genetic potential to get next level because 
Um, you know, university sports in Canada, they're good, but they're not great. They're not D1. They're not uh, – it's quite different. So I think um, the athletes who can control their goal-setting ability are the athletes who, who are going to benefit. So I just wanted to uh, to really just agree with you there briefly. But um, before we get too far into this, um, just for those at home, do you want to talk about um, just some of the passions you have in life and, and why you're so keen and apt to talk to talk about this stuff? Um, I, I, look, I'll be honest with you. I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And I've been in love with that sport for as long as I can remember. And I, you know, I first picked up a weight when I was, uh, when I was 14 years old. And the minute my hand wrapped around that bar, I knew I had found what I wanted to do literally for the rest of my life. And I am 54 years old right now, 40 years later, I, you know, thought about it, you know, actually was telling my wife that this year will be the 40th year that I've, that I've, you know, that I've, that I've been working out in regularly, um, I haven't competed in years, but I mean, um, you know, the, 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 the lifestyle has never left me in a sense that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of everything from, uh, from, uh, you know, the, the working out in the gym to the food I eat every day. And I'll be honest with you. Um, a lot of the things that I learned, uh, in, in, in bodybuilding helped me tremendously in many assets, uh, you know, many aspects of my life. Like for example, uh, just the, you know the, the whole idea of of um, of, uh, of of of, of um, if, for example imagery you know sitting there before a lift or whatever the case happens to be is in my head I go through you know literally every every repetition uh, with a certain weight and I say well this is what this is what I'm going to do for the next uh, eight you know for the next two or three minutes you know and, and you know and, and I and I, and I, I, I imagine you know what what the process is going to be I imagine what the outcome is going to be and you know I. I I took all that information. I used it, for example, when I was in school, when I was studying, you know, I would actually close my eyes and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You know, uh, when I write this test, this is, these are the answers I'm going to be giving. This is the possible questions. I'll get the possible answers I'm going to give, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, again, it's, you can, you, you can, you know, you can take a lot of the things and that's it, well, the important thing is a lot of these, you know, these, these young athletes have to remember is that you, a lot of the things that you were taught in sport uh, apply to everyday life, you know, no i i agree i uh i started the first time i touched a barbell i would have been just freshly about 16 years old and and much like you i'm i'm so in love with like the process and what you what you get out of the process in terms of like discipline and and whatever there's obviously tons of characteristics that i could uh list off right there but the same thing as you i started lifting and it's going to be a part of my routine Hopefully, hopefully I get to have a 40th anniversary. Well, like you. you know, and, and it is. And, you know, like I said, it's, you know, for example, for me, the whole idea of being in the gym is, is always been uh, it, it's always been, I guess, a competition against myself. But, you know, it's been more than anything else. It's been a way for me to, I guess, you know, release maybe some of that some of that stress or some of that anger that I might build up in a day, whatever the case happens to be, you know. Uh, there's this, there's this, this controlled release, but it, it's been a place where that uh, I could go into, you know, if I'm having, you know, a bad day, whatever the case happens to be, it's been a place where I can find, you know, um, again, some respite, some, 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 some peace in my everyday life, you know, sanctuary. And, yeah. you know, and, and again, you know, maybe something that, you know, and again, it's, it's been something that's, that's for me, um, 
and, and again, and again, it's, you know, I, I, you know, to get into, you know, yes, the passion is, you know, and I'm going to very briefly, you know, you know me, you know me, you know this story, but you know, for your listeners, is, you know, I, I exercise and I continue to exercise every day, and I used to, I told this to you guys in class, and I tell it to anyone who can listen, is, you know, being active, whether it means walking, whether it means running, whether it means being in the gym, biking, it doesn't matter will not only benefit, you know, you, but it may benefit, you know, those you love as well, you know, and, you know, I continue to do what I do. It's my passion because not only is this something that's important to me, but, you know, I have a son who is 16 years old, who is in a wheelchair, who has cerebral palsy, and I continue to do the things I do because I want to remain strong and fit for him, you know, so he can, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy, you know, he can get things out of, you know, to, to you know, to can partake in some of the, some of the joys in life, you know, and for example, you know, just, you know, I surf with my son, you know, I bike with my son. I saw that. Very yeah. cool. So, so I do, you know, and, and again, but all of this has, has been, I've, I've been allowed to do all of this because I, you know, I've, I've continued to, 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 I guess, exercise and stay in shape, but, and again, it's not just good for the body, it's good for the mind as well. Absolutely. And now that we're we're on the topic of the mind, why don't we switch gears a little bit more specifically towards your bread and butter and just uh, open up the mental health discussion. So question you've probably got from me a whole bunch of times, but um, why don't we just talk about um, what you've been noticing, like what have you observed in the population over the last couple of years in terms of like the rise in mental health? Well, okay, you know, you know, the the, the, my, the favorite story that I like to give is this whole idea, and you know, we again we talked about this in class. But my favorite story is now you hear that there's there's this this rise, for example, in in mental health issues in in young children, right? That there's an increase in in in, in anxiety, there's an increase in, in you know, in, in, in the diagnosis of, of, of depression and whatnot. And, you know, I like to tell that story that, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by all this because, you know, you know, the, these were topics that weren't that were literally foreign to us when we were children 30 or 40 years ago. Now, you know, the argument is, well, you know, maybe because it wasn't, you know, there wasn't such a focus on it or they weren't, uh, you know, readily diagnosed or whatever the case happens to be. But I will tell you this, you know, one thing I do notice is that, you know, nowadays, you know, like, for example, when I was 14 or 15 years old, you know, I lived in a neighborhood filled with children. And, you know, every day there would be kids out on the street playing hockey, playing basketball, uh, whatever the case is, baseball, you name it, you know. And, you know, you couldn't drive down, you know, you couldn't drive your car down the street without having to stop and, you know, and, and wait for the kids to pull the nets off, you know, off, off the street. Yeah. And, you know, nowadays I live in a neighborhood that's full of children as well and i don't see anybody in the streets you know i don't see anybody playing basketball i don't see uh anybody for example uh uh playing hockey or whatnot <clears throat> i understand do you think sorry no, go, go ahead. No, but i understand that you know that because nowadays you know we, we've got a generation where a lot of the a lot of these you know that a lot of these children now <clears throat> are for example um uh, you know, you know, you've got the, the introduction of well, again, the Xboxes, the Playstations, you have the the, you know, the, the, the cell phones, or you know, whatever the case happens to be, the iPads and whatnot. And and again, but you know, it, it's it's important that that kids be out there and be active. I mean, it's again not only good for the body, but it's good for the mind as well. Absolutely. Do you think it's completely? Do you think it's one hundred percent related to activity, or do you think it's more of a, uh, a 
combination of, of like lack of activity, lack, and then overstimulation with the technology. It's probably, a, you know, again, you can't sit there and pin it on one. I, I, I'd sit there and say it's probably a combination of both. You know, it's probably a combination mm-hmm. of both. But, you know, at, at, it, at the same time, you know, I think about, I think about, you know, you know, you know, what's happening these days is in terms of, of um, you know, many, many of the activities that, you know, that, that we used to partake in as kids, you know, whether it be being in, in, in a hockey league or a baseball league or whatever. Nowadays, you know, you know, the, 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 it's getting, you know, it's getting a lot, a lot more and more expensive for children to, to actually get into this stuff. I mean, you know, hockey equipment is very expensive. If you want to, if your child wants to play hockey, if, uh, if, uh, if, you know, if they want to any sort of organized sport, it requires a, a lot of money. Uh, I'll be very honest. I'm the dad of a figure skater, and I can tell you right now, it's an extremely, extremely expensive sport. Um, you understand what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of mm-hmm. factors involved there, and where a parent can sit there and say, "Well, you know, I can't afford to pay whatever it is five, six, seven hundred dollars for hockey equipment and, and and registration, but you know, I can afford a, a hundred fifty dollar uh, or two hundred dollar a game, you know, I you know whatever Xbox or PlayStation or whatever, and Voila, you know, and again, problem solved. They think, yeah, and again, you know, like you know, you like you said, it's probably a combination of of many factors. And well, that's essentially the reason I, myself, and Ashley had started that charity that you had. So for for those of you listening at home, Walter has uh, actually been down to Brockville, I think, twice now, um, to, to lecture once for. Um, our charity, and then another time um, for my company's uh, athletic development seminar. And uh, y- yeah, so Walter's familiar with Brockville. I kind of had a brain fart there, and I don't really remember where I was going with that, but that's okay. Um, well, I got to come so back down there. I've had a lot of fun. I got to come back there again. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and the, oh, that now I remember what I was going to say. Um, the, one of the reasons I had started um, that charity was because I realized that. Um, you know, not every kid can afford to play elite sports where they have these resources and not every kid can afford to come and pay me to be their personal trainer and work on their confidence and mindset. But every single kid who has any interest can come to this charity event for free and just kind of get their foot in the door and learn. So that was a, a the bridge that you helped yeah. fill. You did a really, really good job for Brockville getting it started. And then um, we've also had another doctor, Dr. Thomas, who uh, is a functional med- medicine doctor at Podium. He's spoken to. So um, it all started with you. So I'm, I'm obviously really grateful mm-hmm. um, that, I, that you were able to come down and do that with us. And even that we're able to have this phone call. No, so, it's my pleasure. Uh, but, but, you know, like I said, you know, again, it's the, the importance is, like I said, is just, you know, we talk about, you know, in, it, you know, we, we should never forget that the whole idea, you know, it's, it's not a question of, of competition with these kids. It should be a question of developing, having fun, number one, but then thinking more along the lines of just developing the skills, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, and again, if, you know, whether you want winning or losing is, is not so much the issue here as just, it should be again, you know, enjoying yourself, you know, developing skills. And again, you, you, you know, engaged in sports, you know, is, you know, you, you, you teach the, the child a lot of pro-social behavior, you know, what, you know, Mm. work uh you know the you know fair play many you know there are a lot of good life lessons in those things and again it's you know learning how to lose that you know that it's not the end all be all and you know life is like that right life is life is it is that it's it's a series of, of of obstacles that will probably knock you down and you just learn how to you know get right back up and learn from these you know these these i guess 
if you we call these defeats, and then just you know move on to the to the to the to the, uh, to the next one. For sure, I think a big thing that I'm noticing with the young athletes coming up is um, they're all they seem to be really anxious, and I can tell a lot of that is coming from social media. Yeah. They're they're I have this this four life fitness records board that I have up on my gym, so yeah. we can monitor everyone's progression, yeah. and it's supposed to be something where they're competing against themselves. Like they see their name yeah. and their number, but what I've noticed is the kids are looking at their friends and they're memorizing their friends' yeah. numbers. Yeah. And, and I would rather have them fixated on a goal for themselves rather than the competition within their friends. It's, it's, it's just a minor thing I'm noticing, but it's, it's definitely something um, I'm seeing a pattern and, in. And, and, um, and, and you're right, because again, the, the whole focus sh- shouldn't be on the, the, the whole focus shouldn't be a question about competition. It should be on, on skills. And, and again, improving, you know, the, you know, the athlete uh, improving uh, their, you know, their skills worrying about you know just just concentrating on 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 their um on their performance on 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 their achievements okay and and, and the mm-hmm. whole idea is you know you know when you talk about goal settings you know you, you have what those you know the, the whole i i'm sure you're very familiar with this you know the whole idea of the the smart the the, the smart yeah specific measurable attainable realistic time and, yeah, yeah. And, and exactly and, and the whole i thing here is is you know when you when, when the athlete does this is, is to get the athlete to remember that it is it it's not whether you know it's not being compared to for example uh you know your your your, your friend that's across the room or whatever this is you so you know don't worry about what the other person is doing think about what you you know what you you know concentrate on what you should be doing and and you're right, and, but the problem today is is you know this didn't exist. You know we didn't, you know 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, I didn't have my you know what you know when I was in the gym for example, and I came out for example, and I had bench pressed I don't know maybe 135 pounds that day. I didn't have you know I didn't have I didn't go on social you know I didn't have social media to go in there and see you know go on to social media and see you know some guy that I know or some you know friend of mine benching 155 and saying oh my god you know, you just, mm, you know I, that didn't for exist sure back then you know. Yeah. And even I missed that in high school, I would say. I'd, so I, I'm in the generation where we got our cell phones when I was about 13, 14. Yeah. I was like, I was like uh, the, the feeder population, the first group of teens, I'd say, to have cell phones. Yeah. And I didn't feel that social media pressure probably until the end of high school. But uh, it's definitely it's definitely there. It's uh, but what's good is it it's so aware, like all the parents are so aware of that yeah. now that they're monitoring screen time. And now there's like a Facebook kids app where they only have like access. It's, it's great. It's getting better. So, um, and I think the, the people who are running Facebook and Instagram, they're taking actions to, to make it more, less of a popularity contest and more of a a community, which is awesome. Um, But one thing I wanted to talk to you about while I have you here is um, just culture and how, and, and one of the things I'm noticing with youth sports is, um, you know, so there's tryouts and then the team gets formed and then you play a year and you have a good year or a bad year. And then it's the same thing next year, new coaches, new teammates. And I just see a lack of, of, of culture within uh, youth sports, especially hockey in my area. Um, it's kind of just like a, a Russian roulette, pick and choose and go. And I was just wondering if you had any um, advice for helping uh, creating a consistent culture. Well, like I said, you know, you want to create a consistent culture. The, the focus is, should always be should never be on 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 competition. I mean, the focus should always be on helping these kids develop, you know, maximize their skill set. Okay, the focus has to be mm-hmm. on 
you know, and again, good coaches do that. Good coaches will sit there and say, well, this, you know, these are, you know, these are the, the, um, the, the, you know, the, 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 the strong attributes of my, of my young athlete in front of me. All right. And you know what, this is what, uh, you know, this is what should be worked on. So let's, you know, let's, let's try and improve, you know, this, he's got, he has a strong skill set for, let's say maybe this the young athlete in front of me, a hockey player, great skater. Okay. You know what, 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 which, you know, but you know, maybe the shot might be lacking a little bit. All right. So mm-hmm. let's focus in on that. Okay. Yes. And so the idea is, 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 is again, again, it's, it's, you know, teaching these kids, how to maximize their 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 abilities, you know, teaching. And again, that, that's one. And again, the whole idea is teaching these kids what's maximizing ability, and that this has to be done for fun. Because let's be honest with right. you, you know, most of these most of these athletes, and you know what, and you know how this is going to work, right? Is you know, the dream of reaching, for example, the NHL or or the CFL or a tiny, 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 tiny fraction of these kids are going to make it, you know. So instead of sitting there and, and mm-hmm. focusing in on, on, well, you know, competing and whatnot and, you know, give these kids life skills instead, you know? Because... Yeah, absolutely. And, and the big one that I like, I'm really focusing on instilling in my kids and I, I kind of comes a little bit naturally is instilling confidence in them. Yeah. Um, young kids now, they just seem because of the social media or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, just such a lack of social confidence and self-awareness in, in the younger generation. And, um, I see leaps and bounds of improvements with the athletes I get to work with. And a lot of that's from the courses I took, whether it was when I was with you at Bishops or yeah. when I was at St- whatever, you know what I mean? So, um, but one thing that we've spoken about before you and I um, is body dysmorphia and the prevalence of it and, and how people don't talk about it, whether it's, um, you know, an overweight girl or a, a guy who can't gain weight. Yeah. These people have, they have really hard times loving themselves essentially well, and i just want to get your take on well that. it is and the, the problem is, is and a large part of this and, and I'm, there's study after study that i've been that have been done this you know i've been on done in this and there's a huge impact again on social media because you know we we we, we end up comparing you know we 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 look at others and and you know at, at we we how can i say this is Again, a simple example of this would be, you know, you know, in my sport is bodybuilding. So absolutely, you know, you look at, for example, you sit there and say, you know, you look at the, the professional bodybuilders and these guys are just mass monsters. And, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, the, 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 these, the, the, you know, the beginners or the, the intermediates that are in the gym and they look at all this and they get discouraged because, well, you know, I know I, I'm, I don't look like that or whatever the case is. But the idea is, is, you know, it's like everything else is we each have all of us have, I guess, uh, a, a potential, all of us, a, g- a genetic potential. Absolutely. Uh, all of us. And the idea is to be the best we can be. And, you know, in, in the sense is focus in on you um, because, you know, by focusing in on someone else, whether it be how they look or, or, or whatever the case, especially for how they look, you're ignoring the most important person, and that is you. You know? Yeah, hundred. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. From a young age, I always just went out with respect to training and football. I just worried about me. Yeah. None of the outside noise. None of. I think that's one of the keys to actually getting next level in sports. Whether you're starting off with an advantage 
like because of genetics or a disadvantage is just don't worry about other people, what they think, what they're doing, yeah. find out what works for you, put your head down and keep working. Absolutely. And the whole idea of body dysmorphia, I mean, again, if you, if you, if you want to really talk about body dysmorphia, you know, that in this is where it is really prevalent is in a sport like bodybuilding where, for example, you'll have, you know, and I spend a lot of time with, with the young lifters where they'll come in and they'll, they'll look at, uh, for example, they'll look at, uh, at someone in the gym, you know, maybe a more advanced bodybuilder and they'll feel discouraged and they say, well, you know, um, you know, they start hating themselves because I don't look like that. Well, you know, you got to remember, you don't look like that because you've been training for maybe, you know, what, six months, a year. Right. The person right. Out across the room might be training, might've trained for 20, 30 or 40 years, you know? And then, then at that point, what happens is, you know, they're not, they're not happy with themselves. And then all of a sudden you sit there and say, well, Oh, you know, maybe there's a quicker way to get there. You know where I'm going with this. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. performance enhancing drugs and what the case, and it's just, again, it's, it's really, as I mentioned to you, if you, if you spend all of that time focused on others, you lose sight of the most important person in the world. And that is yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're no longer paying attention to your needs. And, and, and that, that's something that a lot of people have to understand. And again, you know, there's, you know, we should all be proud of how we look. It doesn't matter if, 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 you know, if you are tall, if you are short, if you are thin, if you are fat, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it should just, we should all be proud of, you know, of, of ourselves and how we look. And, and, and there really isn't no need, you know, to, to, and again, especially today, again, as you mentioned with social media, we are com- always constantly bombarded with what the perfect body should look like. And many times mm-hmm. these, they are simply, these standards are simply unattainable. Well, they're the 0.01%. They're probably on, like you said, some supplemental gear yeah. and they're, they're Photoshopped and airbrushed. So absolutely what you, what the kids see on social media is not, um, what that person actually looks like. And it's not what they look like year round. No. It's not the hardest thing in the world to get really, 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 really lean and shredded for a two or three day photo shoot. And that's what, but, but that's, that's the, the game of social media that kids have a hard time seeing is the context. But, uh, well, you know, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You see it a lot. Like I'll, like I'll, you know, I'll be sit there and I'll, I'll meet people and I'll say, you know, that, you know, I've seen pictures of, and then when I meet them in real life, it's like, oh, wait a minute, you don't look anything at all like that picture. You know, yeah. Or, even myself, when I have a pump, I look like a completely different human being than when I'm sitting on the yeah, couch. Yeah, but you know, and you got to remember, like you said, these people here that you know that on, for example, on Instagram and whatnot, have spent, you know, they've got they've got the perfect tan down. They've been dieting strictly for you know whatever twelve or sixteen weeks. Uh, you know, then they get the photo shoot. There's just the right lighting, just the right camera mm-hmm. filters, and then after that, you're right. There's a whole you know photoshopping. So it's it's not real. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, many kids don't seem to realize that. And I'll be honest with you, it's something I, I see today that, I'm, you know, I've never seen you know, never thought I'd see, you know, years ago that you're in the gym nowadays. As you know, you, there seem to be more cameras in there than there are people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I feel you there. Um, but moving on, I have a question for you here from uh, I have a 10-year-old golfer I work okay. with. She is the, the current national champion in Canada. Oh, well, <laughs> so she, she's, she's, she's a little – she's a go-getter, I'll tell you that much. But she wanted to, she wanted to ask you if you have any um, just positive mindset strategies or activities um, that might help her when she's not feeling very confident or she might be a little down on herself. Well, when she's a little down on herself, well, she should think back to, you know, 
think back to moments of when she she had she's had success when she's hit that for example when she's hit that perfect shot when she's made that perfect putt when she's felt that perfect swing go back and and put yourself in that position again try to imagine everything you know in in, in when that happened like when you hit for example that perfect putt try to you know um you know, visualize what the day was like. Was it sunny? Was it cloudy? Try to, you know, even even try to visualize the, the smell of the greens, all of these things. Go back and think about when you had success, you know, and then just remember everything about that moment. So just train the brain to go to the positive ass. Is that what you're kind of getting Absolutely. at? Perfect. Absolutely. And then uh, last thing I have for you is um, same girl asking the question is um, for mental, mental strategies, activities, like you talk about the visualization as one, for example, how, how often should an athlete be, be actively engaging and working on that? Should it be every night? Should it be daily? Should it, um, should be different every, every, every chance they have. I mean, when, for example, you know, and and again, but when, when you're talking about, when you're talking about, um, when we're talking about things, like for example, like uh, like we're talking about things like imagery. Remember, it isn't just it isn't just a question of, for example, of you know you know uh, you know sitting there saying, okay, I'm supposed to do this. You know, it's literally putting yourself in that moment. I mean, you know, for example, the 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 the, the image of the uh, of the scale that you're that you're that you're that you're visualizing. All right. If if that if that scale takes five or ten seconds to complete, well then that that visualization that imagery should take five or ten seconds to complete. If it's something that happens again outdoors, you should visualize the entire environment as well. And again, in all aspects, not just in terms of sight, but in sound, but in smell as well. It, make it as vivid as possible. Okay. And again, this this should be done as often as possible. And again, it's like anything else is you're training your brain. Right, your brain is is no different than any other muscle. It, it can't, you can, you can train it. You can't train it. You can't strengthen it. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in uh, pregame routines or rituals, yep. or do you have like a pre-lifting ritual for yourself? Yes, I do. <laughs> do you do you feel like sharing it? Yeah, yeah. Well, not not at all. Like usually, it, it starts with it's. It might start, you know, maybe. Uh, you know, five or 10 minutes, uh, the, the 15, usually it's about the 15 minutes it takes me to drive from my home to the gym. So I begin to visualize literally every exercise I'm going to do that, that afternoon or that morning. You know, I literally, I sit there and I think about, okay, I'll be doing this body part today. Uh, these are the exercises I'm going to be doing. These are the number of sets. These are the number of reps I'll be doing. And literally I, I, I build the workout in my mind as, as I get to the gym, you know, literally I got all my exercises and then, and then, uh, you know, as I begin to warm up, you know, like every every exercise I do, uh, you know, the first two or three sets of any exercise I do are always very light. But it's to actually, I, I you know, it's to actually, you know, um, get my technique and the movements down. And they're, they're, yeah, to activate the muscle. Yeah, they're done purposely and literally almost with my eyes closed because I'm trying to visualize what it's going to be like when I get to the more intense sets later on. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this, you know, again, like I said, it's 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 it, I try to literally begin, you know, again, it doesn't happen. You know, I don't you know the day before, but again, 10 or 15 minutes before just to kind of get myself, you know, in, I guess, the, the, the appropriate right frame of mind, you know, to again, to 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 uh, to, to, to visualize 
you know, how this, how the entire process is going to go, how long it's going to take, you know, what I should be feeling, those sort of things right there. Absolutely. And um, last thing here, Walter, what's your take home message for young athletes who are, are trying to practice um, these, these strategies that we've spoken about over the podcast? They're just trying to get an edge. Uh, my advice literally is, like I said, is advice number one is just have fun. You know, have fun. Enjoy yourself, you know. And, 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 and I guess number two, um, you know, focus in on just, you know, improving or bettering yourself skill-wise. You know, don't worry about anyone else. Just, just have fun. And literally just work on the process, you know, just work on the process because, you know, if the more you work on the process, the more you practice, um, again, success will follow, you know, again, and by success, I mean attaining those goals. I completely agree. Um, So, Walter, this was season two, episode two of Athletic Insights. I want to thank you for your time, and I hope that you and your family are happy and healthy. Well, I listen, thanks a lot, Zach. you know, I really hope to get out there, uh, you know, when, when things calm down around here, I'd like to come back out there and give you a hand. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? You're, you're, you'll be my first call for uh, <laughs> um, a Podium for Life mental health uh, charity event when, uh, when the world settles yeah, down. When the apocalypse is over. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Cheers. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye, Zach.